Hello again, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to the Profound Pickleball podcast. My name is Stephen Ron, and today I've got a guest, uh, Jerry Fonger. Uh, Jerry is uh, one of the ambassadors for pickleball in Cherokee County, which is uh, just next to Cobb County. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jerry. How are you doing today? Doing well, thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Well, before we jump in with Jerry, I need to tell a little quick story about Jerry myself. Um, when I moved uh, to this back to this area back last July, the first time I played pickleball back up this way was at Shaw Park on a Saturday morning. I was invited out by uh, Kathy Anderson and Todd Short. And one of the first games I played was with Jerry. Jerry was there with Todd. Uh, a few other people were there. I can't remember all who was there. Um, but we had a great time. It was a great way to, to meet some uh, fun people and get started with pickleball in this area. And I just wanted to thank you, Jerry, for being very welcoming to a new guy coming in. Absolutely. That's that's I guess that's why I became an ambassador. That's what I like to do. Well, yeah, you were basically uh, acting like an ambassador, even though at the time you weren't officially an ambassador. Right. That's correct. OK, well, Jerry, the first thing I like to ask people when they join me on the podcast is to talk a little bit about how you got into pickleball. I like to call this the pickleball origin story. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? OK, so so my wife and I both played tennis forever and we have some some friends of ours that did not play tennis. They were mutual friends and they lived here in the Atlanta area in, in Cobb County where we lived. And they moved to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, about six years ago. And they picked up pickleball about three years ago. And we found out they were playing every day, playing pickleball. And so at the end of 2019, it was, so, well, somewhere around four months, I guess. It was somewhere around September of, of 2019. They wanted us to come visit them in Las Vegas for New Year's of 2020, and they challenged us to play pickleball. Okay. So being the competitive person that I am, and my wife is fairly competitive as well, I couldn't show up in Las Vegas for the first time playing pickleball. Right. So <laughs> we played tennis out of Bridge Mill in Canton, and they had a beginner clinic, just so happened they had a beginner clinic right around Thanksgiving of 2019. So we did the beginner clinic and I, you know, I was like, okay, this is, this is okay. This isn't bad, but clearly one little clinic wasn't going to be enough to be competitive. So I said, well, I'm going to have to play a little more. And so I ended up playing mostly indoors because the weather had gotten bad. And then when new year's came, they, the people we were going to stay with had, a family emergency and we ended up not being able to go. So we didn't go. Well, so the challenge never actually happened. Okay. But what did happen was I started enjoying this pickleball more and more. And I was playing mostly indoors because the weather is bad. I couldn't play tennis. And then COVID hit in February. And so that all shut down. I picked up my tennis rackets again from February to June. And then when they opened up the parks and everything inside and out, that's when I picked up my pickleball racket paddle again. And 
I haven't really turned back since then. I, the last time I picked up a tennis racket was in July of mm-hmm. last year. And that's the longest I've gone in 36 years of not picking up a tennis racket. Well, that's, that's, that's really interesting because I, I have similar, I, I played tennis for many, many years as well. But once I started pickleball, I, tennis became number two. Exactly. Yeah. I still play occasionally, but not nearly as much as, as I used to. And I don't think I ever will go back to playing tennis like I used to. Um, so you mentioned you, you played tennis. Did you play any other um, racket or paddle sports besides tennis? No, I, you know, when I was younger, I, I messed around with a friend of mine, did a little bit of racquetball, but not, not, not near enough to get good at it. So tennis, tennis was always my, it was really my sport all during my adult adulthood. Yeah. I tried racquetball and I tried squash and I just could not get into either one of them. Right. But when I started pickleball, I just knew, Hey, this is it. I don't know. I think a lot of people that convert from tennis have felt the same way with that. Yeah. It's just something kind of clicks. Um, you know, I mean, once I actually started to learn how to play the game at a little bit higher level than just a beginner, that's when I really started to say, okay. And I saw the potential because the interesting thing about pickleball is it's really, you can pick it up really quickly and you can play a game within 20 minutes of, of being taught how to play, but learning how to really play well is, is difficult. And that's, that's the challenge of it. Absolutely. Yes. I think a lot of people that, that you and I both know that, and we've seen a lot of people that, you know, sort of just started the game and have progressed so quickly you know, right up to the three, five, even four oh level in some cases in a few months. Um, exactly. In, exactly. In pretty in, interesting to watch. Well, let's talk real quick about um, being an ambassador. Now, how did you go about what was the process of becoming an ambassador? Well, so, you know, it's kind of interesting. I didn't really plan to be an ambassador so much, but having been at Shaw Park a lot and and occasionally, Kathy Anderson, of course, she's the ambassador in, in Cobb. She would send messages, sometimes to Todd, sometimes to me, saying, hey, I've got some, some people coming in from town. Sometimes they were beginners. Sometimes they were people like you. Hey, we've got some people coming in. They, they, we just want to welcome them. And what happened was I found out I really enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed meeting with new people and you know, if I needed to show them the game, if not, just play some games with them and show, you know, hey, come on in here and play. We we would love to play with you. And that kind of gave me the incentive to look into it further. And that's when I went ahead and sent my application in and said, well, I'm going to give this a try. Okay. And so do you remember when did you become an ambassador officially? You remember about when? Uh, that- officially, it was in March. Okay. Now, since becoming an ambassador, what has been the, has, has there been any uh, special challenge or a certain thing you really enjoy? Any one thing that really sticks out about being an ambassador? Well, there's a few things. So one of the things that I, I got really lucky because about two weeks after I became an ambassador, they had a, had a retreat, uh, an ambassador retreat in Macon. And so I got to meet all the local ambassadors in our district. Mm-hmm. And that was really, it was really informative as well as just a lot of fun. And, you know, of course, we're all there 
for the same reason, you know, because we love pickleball and we love to share that. And that that's one of the highlights so far. And then I was asked to run a beginner clinic at a subdivision um, here in Cherokee County last week. And that's that was my first beginner clinic. And uh, I really enjoyed doing that. There was about eight people out there and, and um, you know, I enjoy doing that. I, you know, I, I, I see that, you know, something I could help people with for sure. Right. Well, in Cherokee County, now, now obviously in Cobb, we've got uh, Shaw Park, which is incredibly popular. We got Oregon Park. What's the situation like in Cherokee as far as public courts where people can play? So right now, the only two dedicated pickleball courts that are finished, that are they're playable, is at Veterans Park. And that's, you know, that's in North, Cher sort of North Cherokee County. It's in Canton. Um, but they are working on at, at Kenny Askew Park, which is off of Univetter Road. They're, they're taking two tennis courts and converting them into six dedicated pickleball courts. Those should be done at the end of this month, is my understanding. I, I need to get out there and look at that, but that's my understanding. Right. Now, I do know that there are some places, there's some private facilities that do pickleball, um, like and, I think Eagle Watch does, for example. Yes, and that's one of the things that that I would going forward, I want to try to address a little bit as an ambassador in Cherokee County is, is there's, there's a very small amount of public venues to play pickleball in Cherokee County, whereas Cobb County, there's, you know, there's a lot indoor and outdoor, which, right. you know, it's really limited here. And now most of the pickleball being played in Cherokee County is on private courts, whether it be a subdivision you know, or like the farm, the farm, they actually have their own courts in their, you know, in their property. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, Town Lake, they, they have pickleball courts as well as Eagle Watch, you know, Bradshaw Farms, places like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I do anticipate that, you know, especially with Kenny Askew Park opening up, that I think maybe more people will be exposed to the game because that, that's a public place you know anybody be able to go there and hopefully get more people playing it that way at least on the public courts exactly excellent excellent let's uh shift gears real quick here um this is a question i like to ask people and, and i've got a, a variety of different answers and and this is one that you 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 don't have to say one thing you can mention multiple things but i like to ask people what the number one thing if you could find one thing that mm -hmm. you really like about the game of pickleball? Sure. So when I first learned to play pickleball beyond maybe just a absolute beginner, my first thought was, okay, I'm going to charge up to the line and, and, it, you know, and try to win the point from there, which, you know, obviously you still try to do, but one of the th interesting things I found out was, and you know, in tennis, you, you need to, you need to, they call it no man's land. You need to not be in that, that area. You need either need to be at the baseline or the net and pickleball. You don't necessarily want to be there, but you can transition. You don't have to just charge up there and that. And then once you get there, so you have to have patience to get there and then patience to hold 
the ball down low enough and then who's going to make the mistake first you know that for me it's like a chess game it's it's almost more mental than than the tennis game they used to play so that's one of the things I really love is when you have four players that are similar similar level not necessarily the same styles but you know, you work yourself up there and then this, you, you've got that chess match going on. Oh, who's okay. Who's going to put the ball up a little too high or, or make that error in the, into the net or, you know, that's for me, that's the, the, the sweet spot. Right. Yeah. That, that was something that I struggled with when I came over from tennis, because in tennis, I was more of a baseliner in tennis. And I thought, well, I'm just going to stand here at the baseline and just wiggle <laughs> forehands and yeah. I'm going to win in pickleball that way. And it did not last long <laughs> doing that. Exactly. Yeah. It, and it's funny because in tennis, I, I was a baseliner as I was young. And then I learned, I learned by just coming to the net, I kept, I kept coming and I finally learned how to transition to the net in tennis. And, and, and I think that, you know, uh, you know, it's a different sport for sure, but they're, you know, learning that split step coming to the net. If you can split step and pick a ball, you're going to, you're going to go up in level just being able to do that. Yes, so, absolutely. Yes. That's, that's one of the things that I think coming, covering from tennis has helped me because I did learn to, to get better at that in doubles in tennis. And right. so I think that is something that, that really has helped us tennis players transition into pickleball there. Um, now talk to me about what kind of paddle you're using these days. Okay. I've got a, um, it's a player's pickleball rogue two. And, um, I've been playing, I bought this paddle. I, I was playing with a paddle tech last year and I like the paddle tech, but the, the rogue two is it's, you know, again, I, you know, I hate to keep harping on the tennis thing, but because I'm a tennis player, I like a little bit longer, narrower paddle. Mm-hmm. And this has that. And the paddle for me has the right combination of touch and feel along with it's not overly powerful, but you can get some pop out of it. So that's the reason I like the paddle. Yeah. Is, is, is that the paddle you started with or did you start with a different one? I didn't start with that one. I started with really I started with the paddle tech, which I still have but I, I played with it for a few months and then somebody loaned me one of their uh, rogue twos and I played with it for about five minutes and I pretty much said, okay, that's the paddle right there. (laughs) Yeah. Now do any of the pros that you know have used that model or that, that brand? Um, There's a guy, I'm trying to remember his last name. Um, Jack, I'm trying. Jack Foster. Jack Foster. He's a young young man, and he is a pro, and he's sponsored, and he plays with a Rogue Two E, which the Rogue Two E is a little bit longer and narrower yet than the Rogue Two. It it truly is more like a tennis racket. Right. Interesting. Now, one thing that. that I really also like about pickleball is we don't have to keep getting things restrung every few months. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you buy the paddle and you're, you know, you're good with it, you know, until I guess it breaks or um, just sort of wears out. But as you well know, getting those rackets restrung was expensive and you had to, you know, Oh yeah. I've got my own, I've got my own stringer. I still, 
I still string my brother-in-law's tennis rackets. <laughs> well, good for you. I, I never got into that, but it was, I remember having to take it somewhere and you know, yep. drop it off for a couple of days. And none of that with pickleball, though. I don't miss the, that uh, restringing mess at all there. I'm with you on that. Yep. Yeah. Well, now let me ask you this. This is this sort of, I guess, aligns a bit with what you do as an ambassador. So let's say that um, somebody, you know, comes up to you, let's say maybe not even at the courts, maybe just says, hey, are you Jerry? Are you the pickleball ambassador? I heard about pickleball. Uh, I want to get involved. What? Do, how do I get involved in pickleball? What would you say to someone or let's say a couple or family, whoever, that's just heard about pickleball, but they want to get involved in the sport? Well, the first thing I would do, I mean, depending on their area, where they're in, I would assume they're going to be close to where I am if, if, if I run into them. So I would recommend that they just come out and, and, if, and if they want to meet me and I can bring another ambassador or two or three ambassadors and we can have a beginner clinic. If, the, if it's just one person, I'll just meet that one person or even a couple people. I mean, I, I ran a beginner clinic a week ago with eight people, and I've got no problem with that. But, um, you know, I would say, hey, let's just go out to, you know, if you've got some tennis courts in your subdivision, we can go there or we can go to the public venue and we'll just go out there. And, I, you know, I would be glad to show, you know, I would love to see the sport grow. That's I love to see it grow. Right. Now, what would you tell them? Let's say they ask you about. Uh, is it an expensive sport to get involved in? It's really in, it can be really inexpensive. I mean, it's the paddle, you can buy a paddle, you know, and I, and I recommend beginners don't spend a lot on a paddle, right? The paddle doesn't, doesn't make you a good pickleball player, just like a tennis racket doesn't make a tennis player. You first, you need to learn how to play and then learn your style of play, mm -hmm. which takes a little bit of time. And then you can start experimenting with, you know, what paddle you want to use. So, yeah, I mean, it's not an expensive sport. It, I mean, you can buy a dozen balls for, you know, $15, you know, whatever. And the balls, you know, it's not like the, the balls, sometimes they'll crack, but they'll, they last a long time. I mean, you can play a lot of games with a ball, one ball. So, and you can go to a public venue, you know, public courts. So for, for less than 50 bucks, you can play a lot of pickleball. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've been trying to stress to people when they ask me, because a lot of my friends who either have played tennis or you've played no sports, ask me about pickleball now. Mm -hmm. And so I try to say, hey, look, you can get a, a good quality paddle, you know, and some balls, you know, and I don't know if I specifically mentioned under $50, but I've said, you know, a lot cheaper than perhaps, you know, you could with, you know, a lot of other sports you might want to get involved in. And, you know, I personally have a few paddles that I let people borrow. Sure. Um, and I think most people are that way because one of the things I think you, I think you know very well is that we pickleball players love promoting our sport. Absolutely. So, so, so quick story on on that kind of note. So I, I was at Shaw Park and there was, and I happened to be between games and I was at, at my bag there on the fence, and a and a young man he was probably in his twenties. He had he had some warm ups on. He come walking up to the to the court 
to the outside of the fence and he's and um and he was he was standing and i said would you like to play pickleball and he said yeah he said i've ordered a paddle but it's not here yet so i just wanted to come out and watch a little bit and i said well i've got a paddle right here why don't you come on in well the young man he was a a tennis player as well but within 30 minutes he was playing at every bit at the level that the people he was playing with and (laughs) and he ended up playing for about two hours with my paddle and he brought it back over to me he says oh thanks so much he said i'll have my paddle next week you know and that that's what the game is about for me yes that that is absolutely yeah i've had a few similar stories to that um but especially you know with having i don't know what his tennis background is but i i tell you people who are friends of mine who've never played tennis don't let that deter you from pickleball because you and I both know people exactly. who've never played tennis who are excellent right. pickleball players yeah and in fact you know from my uh experiences that sometimes the people that weren't tennis players are more unpredictable they have a different skill set yes so sometimes they're harder to play Yes, exactly right. They, they don't have the traditional stroke pattern, maybe, that, you know, tennis players have. Um, their angles may be a bit different. Um, that exactly. They sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the variety of people. Now, I've also noticed that we have some people who play with us who had uh, badminton backgrounds as well, yep. and they yep. play a different style as well. And the ping pong players play a little bit different style as well. And you can usually tell those guys because they more wristy type action. Wristy and yes, exactly. Yeah. It's when you get, you know, a group of, let's say, you know, eight or 12 people coming from these different backgrounds and you do a rotation where you're playing maybe with a different group every time you get to see these different styles that, that that's a lot of fun for me to figure that out. I, for me as well, I, you know, it's, it's like a puzzle, you know, you want to work it out and that's, you know, but that's part of the, that's part of the fun of the game is the different people and the different styles. And that's, that's what we like to do. Absolutely. Yes. Now um, talking more specifically about Shaw Park, if you don't mind here um, recently, there was uh, you, I think you mentioned that you heard the, the podcast I did about the uh, the signs that were put up at Shaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my understanding is the signs were removed. Have you heard about that? I have not. And okay. I was there this last weekend, but like we all do, sometimes we don't <laughs> pay attention. I, did, I don't yeah. remember seeing whether the signs were there or not. Yeah, it's kind um, of an interesting little wrinkle to that. Um, you know, I did a podcast basically on the sign and, on the sign, yeah. and how much I thought the signs were helpful and, you know, as far as laying out, you know, when open play should be and everything. And a right. couple of the Cobb ambassadors were the ones who put the signs out. Yes. And I saw a couple of days ago a message that the signs had been taken down. Mm-hmm. And one of the ambassadors, I think, perhaps thought that maybe the county had done that but yeah. the county has did not take the signs down so someone <laughs> took the signs down How about that so somebody obviously didn't like the sign <laughs> well I, I you know i kind of been you and i know probably the same people who play there and i just don't know of anyone offhand who, who came to mind mean. that would do that and i'm not going to certainly mention any names here but no it's kind of like a mystery of what happened to the signs <laughs> 
Yeah, that's pretty odd. Well, you, you know, I, I'm you can never make everybody happy. So, you know, I mean, it's it is what it is. But yeah, and so I don't know if there are plans to put more signs up or uh, I haven't talked to the ambassadors who, who did that. So I don't know what if there are any plans going forward. But I did like the fact, again, that it did sort of say that, you know, during these days, during these hours, which were, you know, the popular hours, right, that we should try to have open play um, and even have the challenge courts it mentioned um, as well. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a, a great idea, but evidently someone didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's a great idea as well. I mean, and, you know, I mean, and one of the things about Shaw is that those courts there, you know, we call them the upper and the lower courts. That's where the open play is. And then if you have a group, you know, usually if we have a group that that we're not considering open play, we go down on the lower courts. And yeah. for me, the signs kind of clarified that as well, because there's no signs down on the lower courts. So, you know, I mean, pickleball is a great game and you can go pick up games like no other sport but people do need to understand that everybody that's playing pickleball isn't necessarily playing open play exactly. and, when, and when you see a group that you know because we have we have a group of guys or people that we arrange matches before and we go and you know and we have some expectation of being able to play just with ourselves you know and yeah. so and there's nothing wrong with that and yes Yes, it's, it's, you know, I, I ran into some issues with open play at Oregon Park one time when I had, we had a foursome and there were open courts available, but some people mm -hmm. wanted to join in with us and thinking that right. we were doing open play and we let them play a couple of games with us and they quickly realized they probably shouldn't have been playing with us, if you know what I mean. They, oh yeah, exactly. We were yeah. beginner types and, you know, we were hitting the ball pretty hard and you know, we didn't hit the ball hard at them, you know, no. they didn't fare very well. And so they kind of then decided to do their own thing. <laughs> but we Which let them play a couple of games with us just to sort of, you know, <laughs> let them sort of see what it was like. And uh, absolutely. Hopefully they, they you know, have, have improved since anyway. Well, well, Jerry, last question I like to ask people is um, concerning the future of this game. Now, obviously, the last few years have seen incredible growth in pickleball. And I think most people are anticipating that will continue. Um, yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and maybe things that might we might see in the game. Some people have mentioned Olympics, more TV coverage, you know, bigger, you know, pro tournament type things. Right. Any thoughts that you have about that? Well, you know, I think we're right on the cusp of, of some of that absolutely happening. We're, we're already seeing matches on ESPN3, which is not quite... I don't consider ESPN3 quite mainstream, but it's more mainstream than it's been. Oh, yeah. So it's it's on the cusp of being mainstream as far as te televising, I think. Um, Olympics, it's my understanding that, and I may be wrong on this, but I think you have to have a sport in at least 125 countries. Yeah, I've heard something like that, yeah. And, and I don't think pickleball is quite there yet i think it will be it, it may you know that could be another 10 years off yeah. but it's de it's definitely growing by leaps and bounds in my the last number i heard and i think this number may actually not be high enough 
for the United States is about somewhere around 4 million. Um, and they, yeah. they, we think that it grew by close to a million during the COVID mm -hmm. just in the last year. So, and, you know, it's growing exponentially, you know, and the interesting thing about pickleball is that you can be five years old or 80 years old and you can play. Mm -hmm. And you can actually put those people together and play. And how many sports can you even name that can do that? So that opens up the possibilities for just about every generation. And I would love to see, I, I'm, I'm already, you know, we're already seeing some of it, but I, I love to see the young people play it. And, you know, I mean, pickleball doesn't need to be their only sport. I mean, I, you're probably like I was, you played three or four sports growing up. I mean, absolutely. Um, so, but it can be one of them. And then as they become older, they can keep playing the game. And it, and it, I, I see it just growing, you know, by leaps and bounds for sure. I mean, it, it's, you know, and it's a great thing. Absolutely. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. It's been great talking to you as it always is. Any final well, thoughts before we sign off here? I don't think so. I appreciate you having me. Stephen. Okay. Well, Jerry, well, I'll, I'll say everybody, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll talk to you again next week. Hopefully. Bye-bye.